Well, hello there. Uh, thank you for listening to the Film Survivor Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Santilli. I cover Survivor for RealityT.com, and uh, I'm the national film critic for Access.com. You can find all of my uh, Survivor coverage, including weekly episode previews, uh, recaps, exit interviews, uh, and really everything, my movie reviews, everything, by following me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. And uh, you can also check out my website, TomSantilly.com. This podcast is meant for people that have already seen the episode, uh, the latest episode of Survivor Game Changers, uh, the one that uh, aired on May 3rd. Today is May 4th, so uh, may the 4th be with you out there, all of you uh, Star Wars fans. Uh, so, yeah, this podcast is meant for those that have already seen the episode. We're going to be talking about some of the things uh, and so pause right now if you need to, or do whatever you need to do to not listen and get the episode spoiled for you. Uh, here's your last warning. So, boom. Okay, from there we're moving on into it. One important note, uh, for this week, a little bit different. Uh, usually, of course, this podcast will contain uh, my exit interview with the person voted out each week, and as we saw in this episode, uh, Zeke, uh, Zeke was voted out this week, becoming the fourth member of the Survivor jury. Uh, I didn't realize this until late last night, actually, as I was putting together uh, my recap for RealityT.com. Uh, but CBS contacted me uh, to let me know that uh, Zeke uh, was doing a limited press day today. Uh, so, needless to say, I am not—I do not have an interview with Zeke for this week, um, according to CBS. He had just, uh, because of what I'm assuming is because of all of the, uh, you know, the transgender outing uh, that he, you know, experienced, uh, the whole Jeff Verner situation, uh, today is going to be probably a tough day for him to go through the story over and over again and relive everything. Uh, so I was informed anyway that Zeke, per his request to CBS, had asked for kind of a lighter load uh, for press day. So... Me being, you know, towards the mid to bottom of the uh, Survivor Press food chain, uh, I was not granted an interview with them. However, I was told, I mean, this is kind of lame, but I do appreciate it, CBS, if you're listening. Uh, I was offered to be able to send Zeke a question, one question, via email that he would answer. Uh, So I did that. I did that last night. And uh, as of the recording of this podcast, I haven't gotten a uh, response back yet. So my interview with Zeke for this season is apparently not going to happen until, or if it ever happens, um, it's not going to happen this week. So I apologize to all of you listening who are hoping to hear from Zeke. Uh, you know, he's one of the people that I, you know, he's one of the people from the season for sure that I think people wanted to hear from, especially because of the whole Jeff Varner thing. You know, uh, there's a lot to talk to him about, a lot of questions. You know, he was uh, involved in a lot of the big moments in the game. And uh, he was one of the people that many thought could win the game. So, you know, not only dealing with the whole thing with Jeff Varner, the transgender outing on national television, uh, but there was a lot of in-game stuff that I was looking forward to talking to Zeke about. Not going to have the chance to. So, uh, you know... He has the right to do that, though. You know, again, this is real life for the people that are on the show, even though this is just a show that we watch casually 
uh, or more than casually, in my opinion, or in my case, I should say. Uh, you know, but this is Zeke's life, and he has the right to, uh, you know, to do what he wants with it. So I respect his decision. Uh, the one question that I did send him, uh, when I get a response to it, I will include it in my coverage. So next week, probably like the episode preview article, I'll probably uh, put my response to Zeke's, uh, you know, Zeke's answer to my question. What was my question? What was my one question? If you could ask Zeke one thing, what would it be? Uh, I decided to kind of go for a more general question, I guess. Uh, you know, a, a one-question interview is kind of lame anyway, so what are you supposed to do with it? But, uh, hey, it is what it is. I'm, 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 I'm thankful that CBS at least gave me that opportunity. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, there's a lot to ask him. I, had I talked to him, I would have asked him about, of course, the, the whole transgender thing, but not just to recap it. I was more interested in, you know, uh, how he felt as time went on from the game, uh, how it was, you know, watching that episode again. Were there things that were left out or things that were not portrayed in the way that he had maybe wanted them to be? Uh, you know, things like that, just kind of the repercussions, what the response has been in his personal life, uh, all of those kinds of things like that. I also wanted to ask him uh, the question that's on my mind every week in terms of in the game of Survivor is how the hell are people letting Suri uh, continue to stay in this game? <laughs> She's a Survivor legend, people. She's the most dangerous person uh, in the game of Survivor this season. Not sure if anybody else knows that, but they should. Uh, especially a fan of Survivor, they should not be letting Suri go deep in the game. So Zeke was one of the few people on the show this season that actually targeted Suri or were shown uh, mentioning that she's a threat. So I wanted to ask him about that and, uh, you know, what he, um, ultimately what his plans were for Suri and why maybe others are not targeting her as much as I think they should be. I was going to ask him about his weaknesses in the game. You know, he's played back-to-back seasons now, uh, made it to jury both times, but was unable to finish off the deal. So I wanted to ask him about, you know, what he felt his weaknesses were in the game of Survivor, uh, where he maybe went wrong this season. Wanted to ask him about his relationship with Sarah. Uh, you know, they seemed like they were a tight duo, and yet Sarah made the decision to vote him out last night, along with Michaela, who got very emotional. Uh, Michaela cried at uh, at his exit, uh, which is a sign of Michaela that we don't really see that often. So that was interesting. It, you got to remember too, though. You know, Michaela and, and Zeke they haven't really been on the same side of things at all this season, but they did play together last season. Uh, so you know that you do form a bond when you are in the same season as another person. They both were newbies. They both kind of came out this season, and nobody else knew who they were. They had to kind of establish themselves. Uh, and I think that Michaela, you know, she doesn't have a lot of friends in this game. So watching, you know, one of them go, especially having backstabbed him, that's what my guess is for why she was so emotional. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Zeke is now out of the game. Um, and I was going to ask him, too, you know, just about what he thought. You know, Jeff Probst uh, today in his um, his great, uh, you know, post-weekly week weekly interview with Dalton Ross for EW, uh, you know, he asks some, he asks probes a couple questions every week and, uh, gives you really good insight into the game. If, if you, uh, aren't already reading Dalton Ross's stuff, which I'm sure you are, everybody does. 
Uh, anyway, uh, Probst kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, and I think Zeke has said it himself already in the couple exit interviews I've seen today from him, you know, that nobody was was against the idea that he was transgender. Uh, nobody held that against him. Nobody cared in, in the way that it would affect uh, their thoughts towards him. But that being said, uh, it did hurt his game in the sense that people didn't want to have to sit next to him. Uh, his storyline, uh, what he had gone through uh, to maybe, if he gets to the end, what they'd be up against. Um, and so once that was kind of all outed, you know, uh, so I wanted to ask Zeke what he felt in terms of the whole Varner thing and how it affected his actual game, you know, in the Game of Survivor. If he looked at it as a benefit, did it gain sympathy with others, uh, or did it actually hurt him? So there's a lot of unanswered questions that I, again, apologize, will not be able to get to. Uh, so today it's just me. Just me today. Uh, I'm gonna. We're going to talk a little bit more about the episode, um, you know, kind of recap things, set things up for what's to come down the road for Survivor here. And then uh, the other thing is there's a huge summer movie coming out this week. And again, if you don't know, in addition to covering Survivor, like I said, I am a movie critic, a, a professional movie critic. Uh, and uh, The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 hits theaters this weekend. I've been given the green light to discuss it early on this podcast, so I'm going to go over kind of my thoughts on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, you know, give me give you some of uh, my thoughts on that, so hopefully you can head into theaters this weekend. I'm sure everybody's going to want to see that one. Okay, so again, sorry about the interview with Zeke. Not going to happen. Not my fault. Uh, I respect it. But uh, as we look into the episode, um, Andrea, man, what a what a great episode for Andrea fans. Uh, she dominated, uh, won her second immunity challenge, and uh, she had it out for Zeke and went for it. Now it's questionable whether we think that this was a good move. Uh, what do you guys think? I'm a little torn with everything. I mean, you gotta kind of let things play out to to really ultimately say if it was a good move or not. You know, like right now. Sarah, for example, her last two weeks, to me, uh, I don't, I wouldn't call them good moves, to be frank. Um, but hey, time might tell. You know, if she goes to the end and wins the game, then looking back, then these were obviously great moves. Uh, but Sarah, to me, you know, she positioned herself to be in this position of power late in the game, like she is now. But I feel like she really undercut herself this week last week in, in targeting deb i didn't really get that uh you know zeke mentioned this episode that they thought deb was the person in charge but even so i, I feel like deb's not a person that people are going to vote for at the end of the game and she's not that big of a threat really so that was an odd person to take out i thought and then you know moving into this week you know zeke was the one person really that sarah had a, a strong connection with and Early in the episode, she defended Zeke uh, to Sari, trying to, you know, when Sari brought up the idea that they were maybe going to go for Zeke, you know, Sarah told her, hey, not yet. Uh, I have a backup plan. And she revealed the fact that she has a secret vote advantage. In Sarah's mind, this was a great move because she's trying, she's, you know, creating trust with Sari. But again, anybody who knows Sari knows that she's one of the smartest in-game uh, you know, social manipulators that there are. She's subtle, 
and uh, she's just great at that part of the game. And I think that uh, this is going to come back to bite Sarah because the, the more knowledge that Sari has, the more powerful she's going to be. And now she knows what Sarah has in her in her hand, you know. And uh, with that being said, though, you know, then Sarah didn't really fight that hard, and it, it was surprising to me, to be honest, because it was a situation where, again, Sarah was in power tonight, but she could have shifted the game in any direction that she wanted to. She clearly thought it was a good move for her to stick with uh, Sari and Andrea at this point in the game. But you had Michaela, who did not want to vote Zeke out. You have Zeke. So right there with Sarah, that's three votes. And then you got the other side, the Minority Alliance, who would literally vote for anybody but themselves because they needed, they don't have any other options. So if Sarah might have maybe, you know, let's say if Sarah approaches, you know, Ty, Troyzan, Brad, that's six right there. Uh, even if Sierra, you know, she had sold her vote to Andrea and Sari, even if uh, Sierra does her own thing, um, if she can get Brad, if Sarah can get Brad, Ty, and Troyzan on board, they had the they had the majority last night. So Sarah could have fought for Zeke, but she didn't want to. And as you saw in the episode, she even said it like, "Hey, uh, if I start fighting for Zeke too much, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna look bad on her." But to me, this is a fight worth fighting uh, at this point for Sarah. That would have been a big shift if. Um, Again, they had a good opportunity to get Suri out of the game if they wanted to. Andrea won immunity, so she couldn't be touched. But you got uh, Suri over there. You take Suri out, and Andrea, you know, suddenly has no not that much power. It would be her and Aubrey, you know, uh, fighting uphill. And then you'd still have Sarah and uh, Michaela and Zeke, uh, who were in in power, you know. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, you know, elsewhere, you got Ty still in the game, two idols in his possession, but, uh, we'll have to find out why, but, you know, we saw that, uh, his entire alliance basically, uh, voted for him last night. So they were probably told to vote for Ty and did so, um, in order to save themselves, but I don't know how well that's going to go over with Ty. Then you got Troyzan, who, uh, Hey, follow Troyzan on Twitter, by the way, people. Uh, Troyzan uh, has not been getting that uh, good of an edit this season in terms of, you know, we're not seeing him play strategically. Uh, he seems to just kind of be there. Uh, but he, uh, I think he is implying otherwise uh, on his Twitter account. It seems like he doesn't, he's not really appreciative of the uh, the silent edit he's gotten. And uh, he says he's playing a game. So uh, who knows if he is, but he still has an idol. He's still out there. Uh, and he also says apparently during that challenge last night, uh, he tore his ACL during the first part portion of that challenge. So that's not good. But if you're wondering why they would put a humongous guy like Troyzan on that challenge where they have to hoist him up uh, to get, gather all those letters, that might have been the reason. His Troyzan would have been useless uh, otherwise. And how that'll play out should be interesting, too, because if Troyzen really did hurt himself, he's not going to be much of anything in any of the challenges coming forward. Okay, so there you have all that. But Andrea now, you know, again in power. Andrea and Suri uh, seemingly running the game. Interestingly, next week we see a shot of Sierra talking to Sarah. Uh, it seems like an unlikely pairing. 
But Sierra is still wheeling and dealing, uh, and I don't think she's done yet. But ultimately, uh, I wrote about this too in my recap, uh, but had a discussion with my wife, uh, my wife Danielle, my lovely wife, uh, who watches every episode of Survivor with me. Uh, yes, she loves me that much that she <laughs> she watches Survivor every week with me. We talk about it afterward, of course, like many people do. Uh, she and I talked about you know, the nine people that are left in the game, who actually could win the game, and would we be happy with the winner? The answer to that question is, I as we broke it down, we had a couple disagreements on a couple things, but we ultimately decided that there's a handful of people that have a great shot at winning, and then there's a handful of people that have no shot at winning. Now, people like uh, Aubrey, for example. we I love Aubrey. Aubrey's hilarious. Uh, every week they give her, they're kind of editing her as like the clown <laughs> of the island. Uh, the facial expressions that she gives. She's just kind of dancing and making faces in the background. That's pretty much her role this season. Uh, but Aubrey has not been shown it to do a lot. or It hasn't been shown much strategically anyway, where she's going to be able to win the game. Which is unfortunate for Aubrey because I really like Aubrey and I wanted her to win her previous season when she was sitting at Final Three. But Aubrey has really no shot at winning. You got Troy Zan, who really has no shot at winning. Um, you got Michaela, who I also love. I'm a huge Michaela fan. Just, but she has no chance of winning. Nobody wants to vote. You know, nobody wants. Nobody seems to really like her or has formed that close of a bond with her in the game. So right there, you got three, who, you know, are just not gonna do it. Um, who else do we got here? Who else do we got? Uh, hmm, let me think. You got Ty. We we kind of disagreed on Ty, and we kind of disagreed on Sierra. Uh, I think there's a path for Ty to get to the end. I think there's a path for Ty to win. He has two idols still. He's a likable guy. He has made moves. Um, if he can somehow get to the end, I don't know if there's many people that would want to sit next to Ty. Now, Ty's not going to be that... Um, persuasive of a, of a speech giver at the end of the game, but I think there's a way for him to win. Uh, my wife disagrees completely. <laughs> I, on the other hand, uh, I don't think Sierra, I don't think there's people that would really vote for Sierra or think that she did enough to win this game. Uh, my wife disagrees. She thinks that there's a, there's a, a path for uh, Sierra to win. Uh, so who else? So yeah, now we're down to maybe the people that have a chance. Uh, you got Sarah, of course, who, if she makes it to the end, would be a worthy winner. I think everybody would not mind Sierra, or I'm sorry, Sarah winning, uh, just because of the game she's played. She's played hard. She's played tough. Uh, she's made some huge moves, and if they end up working out for her in the end, then kudos to her. Brad, I love Brad this season. He's gone against type, I think. He's been... A strong player. Uh, I think he's been effective. I don't think anybody would think that he was a floater to the end. And if he ends up sitting at the end, there's a good chance a lot of people on the jury were people that were aligned with him at some point. And I'd be happy. I'd, I'd be satisfied if Brad was the winner this season. Andrea, of course, um, I'd be you know happy with. Uh, Suri, I think. Again, I can't believe that she made it to the end, but it, it's great. I mean, Suri... What's weird about Suri is I'm oddly like rooting against her in a, way, in a weird way, just because she's such a huge legend in the game, and I've talked so much about it. But I feel like 
Sari is just a person that uh, I just can't believe is still there. <laughs> but if she gets to the end and they vote for Sari to win, I mean, it just shows how you know how great it was. But again, I don't like the fact that she didn't go to one tribal council the first 20 days in the game. Um, so to me, Siri would be a slight letdown for a win, but I still would be satisfied. Looking back on Survivor history, I would be satisfied to know that Siri won uh, Survivor at one point in her life. All right, so I think that does it. Did I cover everybody? If I didn't, let me know, <laughs> and I'll tell you what I think in the comments. Uh, but anyway, so there, that's kind of what's looking forward. I think Andrea and Siri are, are obviously in charge at this moment. And we'll have to see how things play out. We have the legacy advantage still there uh, with in, in possession of Sierra. We have the secret vote advantage uh, that Sarah has. We have Ty with two idols. We have Troyzan with one idol. And we're up to the loved ones uh, reward challenge next week, which is always emotional and interesting. So that's that. Only three weeks left, guys, of Survivor. Uh, there are two more episodes left uh, leading up to the May 24th finale, the two-hour finale. And uh, I think that I should have exit interviews with everybody else on the season except for Zeke, unless something crazy comes up. So hopefully next week we'll be back to the normal uh, exit interview uh, where we'll be able to chat with the person voted out. So with that being said, uh, you know, thank you again for listening to the Survivor part of this. Uh, I'm going to shift gears now and let's talk a little bit about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So with the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, um, which comes into theaters again uh, Friday, uh, May 5th, it's, uh, it's predicted to be a humongous movie. It's predicted to, be, uh, to get over $150 million domestically, uh, which would make it one of the biggest uh, openings of the year. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything here, guys. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna give you just kind of a minor plot details. So don't feel bad to listen to the rest of this. I'm not gonna spoil anything. I'm not gonna tell you, you know, anything that really happens. Um, I'm just gonna give you kind of my take on the movie, and I'm gonna urge you to read my full review. Uh, again, you can follow me at Tom Santilli. Go to the website TomSantilli.com. Uh, and again, I'm the movie critic for Access.com. And uh, so you can go to Access.com as well and just search. Uh, you know, movies, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a little harder to find to go directly to the site, believe it or not, uh, which is why I urge you to just follow me on Twitter. I just posted the review earlier today, so you can uh, link to that and, and check out my full written review. But overall, uh, if I were giving thumbs to this movie, I would give this movie a thumbs up, for sure. I gave it a B-plus uh, grade, and uh, I was a huge fan of the first one. And I should also tell you I'm a huge comic book uh, geek and nerd. If you haven't guessed that, you know, I'm sure... My voice sounds, uh, you know, like I'm a, obviously like an athlete, right, and a, a jock. But I am actually a nerd, believe it or not. <laughs> so uh, I'm a huge comic book fan, I should say. My first, uh, my first job ever was at a comic book store. And um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the comic book, by the way, was a piece of shit <laughs> at the time I was collecting in the 90s. Uh, it was one of the worst books out there. And which is weird that uh, Marvel has had such success with a lot of these properties. A lot of the books and the characters that have turned into humongous, um, you know, franchises now in the movies were not that great of comic books. Uh, we used to stock the shelves with, you know, 50 new copies of every Star, uh, I'm sorry, Spider-Man book or X-Men, you know, but then we would get like one copy of Guardians of the Galaxy and it would sit there 
and nobody would get it. You know, so we would have like the whole run of Guardians of the Galaxy one at one issue at a time. But uh, anyway, the film version was awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy might be my favorite Marvel movie, uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy two. It's hard, you know, it's tough to, to rate a sequel when you're comparing it to the original that you loved. You know, nothing is going to be the original. Nothing is going to beat what you originally saw. <coughs> Excuse me. So in that regard, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is, uh, is it, it's worthy. It's a worthy follow-up. Is it as good as the first movie? I don't think so. But what's nice about it is it, it kind of gets that same, like, fun tone to it. Uh, it's a comedy. It's almost like a satire at times. At times it feels like it's making fun of the other Marvel movies, the other comic book movies that are out there, and showing you just how ridiculous uh, some of the things are. Uh, for example, in the new movie, there's a, a character named Taserface, uh, you know, a bad guy, and every time he mentions his name, everybody around him like starts giggling you know, at the ridiculousness of his name. You know, it's just poking fun at all these crazy names that, you know, all these uh, superheroes have across the galaxy. And just things like that, uh, little moments. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, of all of the Marvel movies, takes itself the least serious. And I think it that's why it works so well. Uh, you know, it is really funny first. And then, you know, you don't you don't go into this movie looking at the plot. Uh you know, the plot wasn't the strong point of the first Guardians movie, and it isn't here either. This movie, too, probably not, doesn't feel as tight uh, as the first movie. It's definitely maybe a little long. Uh, it goes on, especially the last uh, half of the movie, uh, the action sequences just kind of kind of go on a little bit too long. Uh, some of the stuff is a little convoluted, but ultimately, it keeps the same spirit of the first movie. And it tries to expand itself. It tries to expand itself in terms of the characters. Uh, you know, there's nothing new here. Uh, the characters kind of are exploring themselves, though, and they're growing. All of the characters kind of go through some kind of growth in this movie, which is interesting because they're they're not trying to just repackage the same first movie again. They're trying to go forward with the franchise. It's helped greatly by the soundtrack. The soundtrack is once again uh, pretty awesome. Uh, you know, playing off of the awesome mixtapes that uh, Star Lord, uh, his character has, Chris Pratt. Um, but yeah, the music's great. The action's great. It's really funny. People are gonna love Baby Groot. Uh, <laughs> um, I and and also I should say that Drax in this movie, the uh, character played by Dave Bautista is absolutely hilarious in this movie. He's a scene stealer in terms of the, the comedy in the movie. A lot of the laughs that you'll get in the movie uh, come from his character. And uh, he's used a lot more in, than in the past movie, I think. But he, he, he just does a great job. You know, and then you got Rocket, Raccoon, who's who's funny. You got Star-Lord and Gamora, uh, you know, who their chemistry is good. Michael Rooker returns as Yandu. Um... And there's just, there's some cool new characters that you'll like, and just again everything else. Kurt Russell's in the movie, uh, but I think everybody's gonna enjoy this. So go see Guardians of the Galaxy two. Read my full review if you want to on Access. But uh, that's all I'll talk about it for now. Uh, and then again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. I, I again apologize that I don't have my uh, usual exit interview for Survivor. 
But we'll be back next week with a, with a regular exit interview of the person voted out next week. Uh, and again, you know, uh, you know, stay in touch with this podcast because uh, as we get through Survivor and as we uh, go through the season, um, the podcast is going to keep going. Uh, we're going to get more heavily into movies as we get through the summer. And it's not going to just be me. We're going to have interviews, uh, sometimes with celebrities, sometimes with other, other critics, uh, you know, random uh, people once in a while, mystery people. Uh, but we're going to talk movies. We're going to talk all about the summer releases. We're going to talk about uh, the new reviews. Um, and we're going to give you any Survivor news that comes along as we barrel towards Season 35. Wow. Uh, in the fall. So I appreciate you listening to the Film Survivor Podcast. Uh, please continue to do so, and I want to hear from you too. Make sure you leave your comments. Uh, you know, Follow me on Twitter again, at Tom Santilli, and make sure to uh, engage. Give me some questions. Uh, let me know how you think the podcast is going uh, or things you want to hear about or what you just thought of the episode or what you thought of the movie. Whatever it is, reach out. That'll do it, though. I'm Tom Santilli, and uh, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining the Film Survivor Podcast.